The following podcast is recorded live for your audio pleasure. It is rated M for Mexican. to another episode of Mexican Mind Matters. I am your host, The Mexican, and we have a very special guest once again with us on the podcast. Nina, say hello to everyone. Speak, woman. God, I swear. She just lays around, doesn't do anything. All right. We have Nina on the podcast for a second time, becoming the first two-time pet to be on the podcast. Now, we have a very special show today, and we're going to discuss some recent events that have occurred. Every time Mexi thinks that, oh, what am I going to podcast next week? I have nothing to say. Somebody fucks something up, shit hits the fan, people get shot, people kill people, people kill animals. People are just too stupid nowadays. I don't understand how these things happen. But we will get to that here in a second. First, can we acknowledge that spring has begun as of March 20th, my half birthday. Spring is here. So, there was no reason for there to snow yesterday. Let's calm down. Right, Nina? Let's calm down. Come on. Take a seat. Take a seat next to Poppy. Come on. Right? We don't like the snow. Yes, we don't like the snow. You tell you tell the people listening to the podcast, we don't like the snow. Because here's the thing. I don't understand why on earth we have not created these kind of devices. There's no reason why hurricanes should happen. Um, has nobody seen the movie Geostorm? That kind of thing. Should have been developed already if we're sending shit up to the moon, up to Mars, up to Jupiter. God knows what else we're doing and NASA's doing. We should have something like that already set up. Right, Nina? Why? Do not lick my arm. Are you kidding me? Point being, that should be done. Same thing with the snow. It is no longer winter. Up until Tuesday, I would have had it snowed on Tuesday, which it, it flurried a little bit. I would allow that. Wednesday? No. Done. Spring. No more snow. You can have some rain. You can you can have some lightning. You do whatever you want, but no snow. Mm-hmm. Now, let's get down to business. So a few things we need to discuss that's going on. Nina, should we talk about sports first? Sports first. Speak. What are you doing? Say something. Aha, exactly, sports. All right. So, as always, we are in the middle of Champions League play. And we're also in the middle of March Madness, as always. A lot of upsets, ladies and gentlemen. This is why I didn't make a bracket. This is exactly why I did not make a bracket. Because I really didn't watch that much basketball this year. Didn't watch, didn't watch that much college basketball. So... I would have just 
randomly picked random schools. And while I was in LA running the marathon, upset alert after upset alert, I was just like, are you shitting me? Like, how is this even happening? The most shocking one that I'm pretty sure destroyed all the brackets was Virginia losing to UMBC. Are you kidding me? I don't, see, this is why I always said I prefer the way European leagues do brackets and do tournaments. Not all tournaments, but seasons and, you know, soccer leagues and those kind of, you know, tournaments. There's no everybody, um, you know, qualifies and, and, you know, one faces 32 and all this bullshit. Like, that works. I mean, I'm okay with a type of tournament where... You know, 32 teams, 16 teams, whatever have you, 64 teams even, you know, 1 versus 64 and so forth. You know, I get that. But that only works if everybody played everybody during the season. When schools don't have the capability to play everyone because there's thousands of universities around the country, then you get this kind of bullshit upsets. Like, I don't understand how a school who is ranked number one... Loses to number 16. Like, how is that even possible? Nine beating eight, Kansas State, you know, I will allow that. But the big schools at first seemed like they were going to make it through. Kentucky, Duke, UNC. But then, you know, more upsets happened. Loyola beating Miami. Uh, you know, Cincinnati made it through, but then lost to Nevada, you know, the seventh seed who beat Texas. Xavier made it through, but only to lose to the ninth seed, Florida State. I mean, Ohio State beat number 12, but then we lost number four. That actual side of the bracket, the west side of the bracket, through the first round of games, actually looked legit. One through eight or seven made it through, and I think only the nine seed made it, and so the eight seed. Everybody else, upset, upset after upset. Left and right. Oh, Lord, 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 Lord. Uh, UNC lost second round to Texas A&M, the seventh seed. Another upset there. Uh, Duke actually made it through all the way. Uh, they now play Syracuse, who upset number six, TCU, and upset number three, Michigan State. Clemson made it through. Kansas, you know, powerhouse, that they made it through. Purdue's made it through. Butler obviously upsetting Arkansas, but lost to Purdue. I mean, it's just, wow, just insane. I don't understand the amount of upsets. Villanova, the the overall one seed, made it through. Uh, West Virginia beat 12, but since Marshall had upset Wichita State, Marshall then lost to West Virginia. So now you're looking at today's games. You know, you got on one side, Kentucky, Thoroughbred. Against Kansas State. Nevada against Loyola. Um, Yeah. Um, Florida State against Gonzaga. Michigan against Texas A&M. There's no one seeds over there. Two seeds. Are you kidding me? Uh, Duke against Syracuse. Kansas against Clemson. Texas Tech against Purdue. 
and Villanova against West Virginia. That actually that side of bracket one five three two actually looks the more legit of the remaining brackets. Oh, but it's just I don't understand how. And I'm glad I did not waste money because at work they were you know making brackets like last year and ooh it's twenty dollars this year. I'm like no, I'm not wasting twenty dollars if I don't know what the fuck's gonna happen. My bracket would have been shot in like the first game. Get the fuck out of here. I can't with these people. Now, speaking of tournaments and brackets, here's the other thing that drives me nuts. The Champions League. And I've said this multiple times, and I'm tired of having to say it year after year. Like I said, I'm okay with the way European soccer does leagues and does tournaments. You know, draws, you know, seeding. On, in the pools, that's fine. But the Champions League is the one tournament where I get that at the beginning you can do pools by seeding to create the eight groups of four. I get that. That makes sense. But once you get down to the last 16, there's no reason that should be left to chance. Because last last time I checked, it doesn't look very chancy that every time magically the uh, the teams from the same countries get to play each other oh except if you're la liga so you got the last you got the last 8 okay so if you remember correctly from previous the previous round all 5 english teams made it but then Tottenham got eliminated, Manchester United got eliminated, and Chelsea got eliminated. Liverpool, Manchester City went through. AS Roma went through. Barcelona, obviously, it took out Chelsea. Real Madrid went through. Sevilla went through. Bayern and Juventus, you know, those are the last eight. So you got one Italian team, one German, oh, actually two Italian teams, one German, two English teams, and three Spanish teams, right? So you, they put them back in the pool. Ooh, let's... Pick who's going to face who. Coincidentally, Liverpool gets Manchester City. So now you're down to one British team in the in the semis guaranteed. Oh, but all three Spanish teams, oh, they didn't face each other. Barcelona gets Roma, Bayern gets Sevilla, and Real Madrid gets Juventus. Oh, how convenient. So for all we know, all three Spanish teams could make it to the semifinal. And then everybody's like, oh, La Liga is the strongest league. No, La Liga is not the strongest league because Barcelona is running away with it and Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid are nowhere close to be seen. So nobody fucking cares. I still say the Premiership is the strongest team in Europe because all five teams made it to the last 16. But then this is the kind of bullshit that leads people astray to think La Liga is the best league. Oh, yeah. I mean, Sevilla actually has a good shot against Bayern Munich. Um, I don't think Barcelona's going to lose to AS Roma, and I doubt Juventus will beat Real Madrid. I just... Liverpool, Manchester City, I like Liverpool, but, I mean, I hope we make it through, but Manchester City's just too, too powerful for us. I can't. So, we'll see how things go, but that's basically what pisses me off when it comes to those kind of tournaments. The Champions League needs to just straight up, once you get to the next round, the top seed at group play plays 16 
two fifteen, three fourteen, and so forth. Just like the NBA, just like March Madness. Even though that one, as we just we just saw, is a little bit ridiculous. Anywho, but that's all we had to talk about sports, right, Nina? Let's move on to the actual nonsense that we're dealing with. Many things have happened. So, we've had explosions in Austin. Many explosions. You know, Austin, Texas. Killing many many people. Um, Some people thought it was a terrorist attack at first. But, it seems that, you know, as the Austin bomber... You know, sense that the authorities were you know closing in on 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 him this past Tuesday. He somehow left a 25-minute video confessing as to as to how he basically pulled everything off, right? So I'm like, I I don't condone bombing of innocent people. But here's the thing. If you decide because, you know, whatever happened in your life, your life sucks. You hate your life. You want to decide to build bombs and go and blow up people. Okay. But if you're dumb enough to get caught. Now, mind you, bomb building is not easy. Otherwise, everybody would be building bombs. But if you're smart enough to build bombs... I don't understand how you're not smart enough to not get caught. But hey, we catch you because we know what we're doing. Okay, great. But then you sense that you're going to get caught, so you decide to film yourself for 25 minutes, odd number to begin with, and um, confess to the whole thing. Okay, great. Somehow, in the in, uh, I'm reading the reports here from CNN. Somehow, he confessed... As to how he built the bombs, but not why he chose specific targets. Motherfucker, this is what drives me nuts about the media, and this is what drives me nuts about these kind of morons who go around and and just piss everybody off and blow shit up. If you're going to confess on tape, on on your phone, you want to make it 25 minutes, great, but cover everything. Do you don't see me recording a podcast, right, Nina? And, oh, 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 we don't have time to cover this. Sorry, guys. Bye. 25 minutes. No. We cover everything we want to cover on a weekly basis. Bam. This motherfucker covers how he built the bombs and how his life sucks, but now not how he magically and what the rationale was on, on you know, why I picked this, these targets. Like, I don't understand how... Like, the mentality of these people. Like, oh, it just pisses me off to know that there's people that think this is okay. My life sucks. Let me go bomb shit. Speaking of things that people shouldn't be doing, um, this... Transitions, and this is why we have Nina right here on the podcast, right, Nina? Speak. God damn it. Nina, we have you on the podcast specifically for this reason to talk about 
the United dog killing incident. Your thoughts? Speak. No, not lay, you silly animal. Speak. Speak. All right, fine. That's good enough. Here. There we go. All right. So, United Airlines killing a dog. We don't understand why. We don't know how. Oh, wait. We do. Because people are morons. So, here we have, again, United Airlines. By the way, I flew them on the way to L.A. No issues. Aside from the fact that we had no good uh, Wi-Fi or TV choices. Hey, 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 hey. Back here. Podcast time. We don't got time for you to... Hey, don't be kissing around. We don't got time for you to be snooping around here. All right. So, United decided to, hey, let's be on the news again. So here was the situation. So family taking their, um, you know, taking their flight, Houston to LaGuardia, four-hour flight, you know, um, family, mom and daughter, had a, a little dog. A 12-month-old dog. Um, I can't remember the name. Was it was it Coquito? 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 Whatever. A bulldog. 12-month. Tiny thing. You know, they paid the fee per United to get the, get the dog on board. They had him in a TSA-approved, you know, small bag that fits perfectly under your seat. It is United policy to not have... Animals. What? I know. It is devastating. You know. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Ah! What are you doing? I know. It's getting you all riled up, isn't it? Mm. How dare people do this? I know. Ah! So mad. Anyways. We had... Fine. We can toss this. Come on. Let go. Let go. Let go. So, somehow, a stewardess decides, hey, this dog has to go up, up above in the overhead compartment. The mom specifically says, hey, no, you know, it's okay, I paid this and this and that. No, 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 the stewardess insists to put him up above, okay, and up it goes in the compartment. So... I'm pretty sure it was Kukito. Anyways, so the dog goes above, overhead, and um, during a four-hour flight, um, two, for the first couple hours, the dog was barking, and then it stopped. Plane lands in LaGuardia, dog's dead. Everybody's appalled, family's obviously distraught, and United accepts full responsibility for the tragic incident, saying that it is their policy for pets to be with their owners under the seat. The stewardess or the flight attendant that forced basically the family to put it overhead, not identified, but she came out and said that, oh, she didn't know there was a dog in there. She thought it was just a regular bag. I know, Nina. I know. This is ridiculous because I'm pretty sure the girl, the little girl, um, there was an article I read that went ahead and, and quoted the girl saying that she was a flat out liar because... 
They were clearly telling her, there's a dog in here. How'd you not know? I mean, it's not a steel case from what I gather. It's a TSA-approved bag. You should be able to see the animal. It's got holes for it to breathe. So how'd you not know it's a dog? Like, that's just ridiculous. On top of that, um, supposedly, the reason they couldn't check on the dog was because during this four-hour flight, they weren't allowed to get off their seats because of too much turbulence. Last time I checked, unless you're a dumbass pilot, there's no reason why a flight from Houston to LaGuardia has turbulence for four straight hours. At some point, you should be able to get up. Case in point, if you had to go to the bathroom and you were about to shit yourself, they will let you get up. They're not going to make you shit your pants. So they should have let her get up and check on the dog, especially if witnesses said the dog started barking and then eventually stopped. Now, it's a tragic event. And my condolences to the family that lost their animal. I cannot imagine losing Nina. But I hate to say it and I hate to kind of go this route playing devil's advocate. In a scenario where, yeah, liability is on United, I'm at least... I know, Nina, I know. I'm at least pl placing 10% of the blame on the dog owner. And and hear me out. Before before everybody starts shitting bricks, hitting, you know, shit hits the fan on my podcast. Oh, makes you insulting more people. Hear me out. I've been told to put my bag in the overhead compartment. Mind you, it's rarely happened. My bags usually fit underneath. Supposedly, the bag was a safety hazard and it had to go above. Okay. All right. Let's just assume that's the scenario. When I have to put my bag above, whether or not there's turbulence, it takes me two seconds to open the latch, grab my bag, put it back down, and, and start doing stuff on my laptop because I want my laptop. There's no way my laptop goes above for four straight hours on a United flight from Houston to LaGuardia, especially where you have to pay for Wi-Fi and you have to pay to watch movies. That is not happening. So regardless of if there was turbulence the entire time, the fact that they're not going to let somebody shit their pants means that there also is going to be a slight window of opportunity where you go above and grab your laptop, my laptop in, in my scenario. Um, so that being said, you know that this stewardess or this flight attendant is a RiRi and literally put your dog up above the compartment. You know you're in the right per policy. Why on earth did you sit there for four straight hours and never once checked on your dog? You expect us to believe. Now, mind you, the articles I read doesn't specify. They just said that their attempts to get the flight attendant's attention then, you know, weren't fruitful. Okay, so you expect me to believe that during a four-hour flight, no flight attendants at all came by? Let's just assume there was turbulence. At some point in time, they have to do checks to be able to land this plane. So they have to make sure they give out drinks and whatever, even with turbulence. I've been on flights where there's been turbulence and we still got served drinks. So you're telling me that no flight attendant was there for you to say, 
hey, my dog's up there. It's been barking because other passengers could hear it bark. Let me check it. Or, hey, let me bring it down. Or just flat out get up, go grab the fucking dog. Bring it down. Oh, it's alive. Great. Put it back in there. Put it back up. Great. The dog should have not died. There is no reason why that dog should have been in there for four straight hours. If I was a passenger, I would have gone up and grabbed the dog. That is ridiculous. Right, Nina? I would have gone up, grabbed the fucking dog, put it on my lap. If I'm, oh, you can't do that, sir. I'm like, it's a fucking dog. Your policy states I can have it on my lap. Now, let's just assume there is four hours of turbulence. I'm in the right and going to get my dog. If I magically just sat there and my dog dies because it's, it was barking and stopped barking and I wake up and we land and it's dead and I'm devastated. Why were you not checking on this animal is what I want to know. Why is that not – why is that not in the news? Why was – that not described, right, Nina? Why is that not in the news? That's what I want to know. Why is the owner of a dog, because you best believe, first off, Nina, if you were in the overhead compartment, first off, yes. Oh, 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 let's calm down. Let's calm down. No, 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 no. Oh. Nina, not kiss and tell. I know. I know. I know. Hey, I know. So, if you have a dog. Like if Nina and I went flying, I know. Nina and I went flying. First off, she wouldn't fit overhead. So she would have busted out of there. Number two, you best believe myself, Tara, whoever's fucking flying with me would be checking on this animal. I don't understand how that didn't happen and how Kukito just magically was just left there to die. Um, United Oh, we accept responsibility. We'll compensate them. Really? Are you going to go buy them another fucking dog? Because I'm pretty sure at this point, it's not about the money. But then the funny thing happened is... I mentioned flying United on our way to LA. There's a lot of people with their pets flying United this past weekend. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that's just... Oh, now I want to fly with my pet. Kind of deal. You know, to see if something happens and you get compensated. It sounds kind of fishy to me. Or if just everybody just so happened to be flying with their pets. I don't know. But yeah, I again, I hate to say it, but 90% United, 10% the owner of the dog. Sorry. Now let's talk a little bit more about my trip. Obviously, went to LA. LA Marathon is one of the ones that is in contention for... Uh, trying to be a, a, another major. I wasn't really impressed with the LA Marathon. Um, the expo was okay. Uh, the race itself was kind of hilly. The course was all right because you go through all the good parts. Um, we actually did go sightseeing quite a bit. We went to the uh, Natural History Museum, went to the Hollywood sign. Apparently, you cannot go scale that bad boy because they have helicopters and everything. And if you get even close, you get detained. So... That was out of, out of the question. Um, we did go to the observatory. We did go to the Hollywood uh, Walk of Fame. Uh, we went to the beach. Obviously, the race ends at the beach. You know, uh, a very, very uh, good good trip. Uh, Tara had fun. 
But I don't think the LA Marathon is going to become a major. I mean, it's not. Mm, I oh, I did get to visit the Staples Center and uh, walk around there. That was, that was good. Took good pictures. Um, Kobe does not have a statue yet. We need to get on that, guys. Come on now. I did see billboards for bringing LeBron to LA. And I also saw some that said, we don't want LeBron. And that's the kind of attitude I like. Those people probably, whoever put up those billboards probably listen to the podcast. We don't want LeBron. Thank you. Goodbye. Stay in Cleveland. Hell, I don't want Lonzo either. But, you know, that's that's not, not up to me. Um, so we were there. And uh, the race, we, you start at Dodger Stadium and you finish at Santa Monica uh, Beach. So, you could have parked at the finish line and then taken the shuttle, but we didn't want to wake up super early, so I had Tara drop me off at the um, stadium and then go park the car. Um, a few things about the trip that I want to mention. Now, we rented a car through Avis. Um... And we had to Uber a few times uh, to get from place to place. Um, and during the Ubering, uh, mind you, Uber was kind of cheap in L.A. I was surprised. But the Uber guy was asking us for directions. Um, I don't understand why. And then Uber obviously has the option to tip the, the guy. I've never tipped my driver, first off, because it's your job. Unless you're going to give me food or pamper me, tell me a joke, uh, have some conversation, great. But if my Uber driver is asking me for directions, motherfucker, it's your job. You tell me where to go, not the other way around. If I know where to go in, my, in the city, then you who lives in the city, that's a problem. Not only are you getting a bad review, but you're not getting tipped, number one. Number two, when we had to drive, Tara's always complaining about my driving skills, yet I myself have never caused an accident. I've been involved in three accidents. All three were not my fault. Ironically, while we were there, um, during her parking of the car at the Santa Monica Beach, she bumped into a car in the parking lot. Now, of course, her being the uh, Good Samaritan that she is, made sure they were okay, uh, gave her uh, name and number, uh, let the lady take a picture of her driver's license. I would have not done that, but okay. Um, the husband was running the marathon like myself. We come back to the car. I could barely walk. And now we have to have a little chit-chat with these, this, this Mexican family and, and Rolando over here because, oh, I, do you, how do you not have your insurance information? First off, motherfucker, here's how. Because when you rent a car, they ask you if you want extra insurance. But if your insurance covers it, you don't need extra insurance. They don't even ask you for the name half the time. But hey, hers is through Geico. You have her information. You can call and set up the claim yourself. Terrasol Flyer was, you know, nice of her to, once we got back to Columbus, to photograph her insurance card and send it to the dude. Unnecessary. What doing what I do in personal injury, all you need is the insurance information 
name, number, address, bam, you set up the claim. And then, of course, Geico's calling us now, and they're doing a recorded statement. And I'm like, do you need to do that? You don't need to answer any questions? Well, they want a copy of the, of the uh, rental agreement. Well, and why? Oh, because they want to fix the rental car. No! What? The rental car was fine. It was barely dinged. It was already damaged because of other drivers, which we pointed out to Avis. There is no need to go the extra mile. I'm not calling them to get the rental agreement. And this is all, no, ridiculous. I would have, first off, I would have been the type of guy to be like, oh yeah, my insurance is all thick. Great. Problem solved. Oh yeah, my name is blah, blah, blah. This is my phone number. Here, problem solved. Oh, oh, he lied to us. Oh no, what's going on? Oh, oh, guess what? You peace out, problem solved. No big deal. He fixes his car. The only thing he needs is his own insurance and his own UM coverage and he can fix his own car. Because I'm pretty sure driving a Mercedes, he has coverage. And the little chip, tiny little minuscule chip on the back um, light, which is what actually was the only thing he needed fixing, um, is doable either by yourself or use your own coverage. Not set up a claim raising my rates. Hey, but to each their own. Tara wants to do the whole dog and pony show. Great, but here's why I'm bringing this up. I I told her later, this is basically karma. You complain about my driving, yet I didn't hit anybody, let alone in a parking lot. I've yet to hit anybody inside of a parking lot when one of two cars is parked. Well, technically, that wasn't an accident. I'm like, I'm sorry. Yes, it is. You accidentally hit someone. Number one, that's an accident. Two, a claim was filed because your dumbass gave the insurance info. And three, it just so happened that um, you gave a recorded statement. So yeah, that's an accident. Your rates will go up in six months when they run the whole, the whole spiel again. Your driving history. But guess what? Mine would have not gone up in my scenario because I would have let Ronaldo take care of it. Oh, there were people in the car. I'm like... Yeah, guess what? You're running a marathon. You can easily just say, oh, I don't have my license information. I left it in my in my uh, gear check bag. I'll do that uh, when on my way back. No big deal. We clearly got there before they did. Guess what? You leave. Problem solved. Hey, sometimes you just got to look out for number one. Speaking of which, now... Actually, before we move on to our next topic, what are we learning now? What do we learn? Tell me. What do we learn here? What do we learn? Hmm? We learn that you don't put dogs in the overhead compartment, right? You don't do that. And you don't make fun of people for driving when you hit people in parking lots. Mm-hmm. Mind you, speaking of which, let me bring this back a little bit. I know that you can have your pet as a service animal, but again, I don't buy any of this bullshit of like, oh, I can just go online and have it be a service animal for because I have anxiety or I have uh, diabetes or I have uh, high blood pressure, whatever the case may be. Some people have service animals because 
you know, dogs or with their keen sense of smell, they can detect if, you know, your blood pressure is rising or your your insulin's running low. Um I'm pretty sure there's medical devices that can detect that too, and you don't need really need your dog on a fucking plane to be able to tell you that. If it were up to me, service animals should only be allowed for blind people, uh, people who need the animal to get around. Yeah, aside from that, you don't really need the service animal. And I'm pretty sure, pardon me if I'm wrong, Nina, didn't you guys used to go underneath the plane? When did the whole going above the plane, on the plane with the people, actually happen? Because I'm pretty sure back in the day you used to go in the cage and it would go underneath where there was more air and probably it would be like a chicken bag. Now mind you, the in this case, Coquito, the French Bulldog, was a smaller animal. But I would like to know when that transition happened. Probably in this PC era where, oh, you know, how dare my animal go underneath? Well, guess what? I would not... First off, all the people that I saw flying United with their pets um, on our trip, if I find out that United fucked up and killed a dog, my dog's not going on a plane with me anytime soon. Get the fuck out of here. I would pay for that dog to be uh, watched, uh, leave it with someone, you know, somebody's house sitting for me, anything. And, for, and definitely not taking United on top of that. I would definitely not take United. But anyways... Let's take a good pause here. Nina, we don't have time to play rope. Let go of the rope. Let go of the rope. No. Go get the rope. There you go. It's a good time to pause for the cause and thank our obvious sponsors. Uh, as always, Hanson Massage and Facial Spa. Uh, various locations around Columbus and around the United States. Stop by, use promo code MEXI, and they could give you a discount on your first massage. Swedish massage, uh, you can use a stone massage. Um, I like it hardcore with extra pressure. I actually go to the one in Dublin on the perimeter drive. Uh, you can go to that one too if you want. Use the promo code there. Use it anywhere here in the Columbus area. Give them a call, 614-547-3664, and set up your appointment. Tell them MEXI referred you, use the promo code. Problem solved. Along the same lines, if you want to hook up, tag along with a running class, or maybe try some kickboxing, barre, TRX, or just a yoga class, and, you know, get in shape, relax, hit my girl Super up at Super Studios 253. Open every day off of Pacific Avenue. Just go right ahead. Give him a call, use the same promo code, give you a discount on your first class. 253-272-0700. Hit him up, tell Super that Mexi sent you, use the promo code. Problem solved. And as always, speaking of cars and rental agreements and car insurance, just like as always, Mexi gets hooked up by his man, Ramo. Always looking out for the best of people. And giving you the discounts, okay? You gotta you gotta vote for Ramo. American National, get your ID cards, get your UM coverage, your UIM coverage, get the whole spiel. Ask for Ramo, use the promo code MEXI, 614-915-0412. Just he'll hook you up. 
okay? You want to be covered in case you ever ding somebody in the parking lot. Just saying. Anyways, moving on. Kind of a long podcast today. We had a lot of, lot of things to discuss. Um, so the LA Marathon is done. Now we're moving on to New Mexico. The New Mexico Marathon is coming up. We're actually leaving today. As we're recording the podcast right now, we're waiting on my drivers to take us to New Mexico. We're going to do the Chili Pepper Series Day 4 on Saturday. So, uh, yep, uh, we're actually driving tonight. So we're going to stop about midway in Missouri and then uh, rest there and then drive the remaining 15 hours, run the race, come back. Hopefully back here by Sunday night. You know, it's a little bit of a a drive, but hey, we're making it work because if you remember that bowling bet between uh, me and uh, Tara's friend Rachel. So we bet that she would have to run a marathon. Guess what? She's not trained. She didn't want to run a marathon. So she came to me with begging me. Oh, please, Alex, anything but running a marathon. Great. Knowing that New Mexico uh, is drivable, I said, you know what? Help us drive. You help us get there and back, you won't have to worry about the hotel or the food. Hotel's already booked. We got two beds. You can sleep there with Nino on one bed, me and Tara sleep on the other. As long as you help us drive, we'll call it even. Oh, thank you so much. Great. So that's how we get into New Mexico. That will be state number 44, and then there will only be six. Nebraska, Idaho, Wyoming, Oregon, Arizona, and Hawaii. And be ready to go for all of them. But the Arizona race is proving to be a little bit tricky. We do have to uh, figure out if we're going the week before April 21st, the week after, and which race Mexi's going to do. Again, April 21st, I haven't heard any back talk or anybody running their mouths. They're going to beat Mexi in the uh, Run the Kia Challenge. Um, Actually, Mexi hasn't even signed up for it, in case uh, you're wondering, because nobody said anything. But hey, the challenge is still up there. Uh, let me just say and make sure. Let me check my my sources here. Make sure this is uh, still ready to go. Mm. As we check, yep, it's at Fred Bingman Park, April twenty, April twenty uh, first. I don't think anybody is signed up. From what I remember, registration still open. You know. I'll probably do that here over the next week. Speaking of new developments, let's finish the podcast by discussing something close to heart. So, Mexi's legal career has taken a turn for the better. Uh, Mexi got tired of all the nonsense that my, basically my firm was doing. And I had to make a choice. I had to decide whether to 
continuously deal with the stupidity of everything being compartmentalized and never hearing about a promotion that I signed up for in December, not even having an HR department, having to basically deal with bullshit after bullshit, complaint after complaint going unheard, clients being idiots, or take the high road and move on to greener pastures. And a couple things happened last week that made... It was basically two things. Another complaint and another yelling at by the intake manager that was just like, you know what, this is ridiculous. That is by far the straw that has broke the camel's back. It is time for the current call. I love what I do. I love my office, my hours nine to six. But if somebody else is going to pay me more, it's about time. So Terry had a friend who worked at a different firm doing something else that said, hey, we're looking for paralegals. So I said, hey, why not? Uh, here, let's let's see what's going on. Turns out when you're Steph Curry and you're dropping some Michons, you're the hot shit. You speak four to six languages. You're the hotter shit. Yeah. You know the Columbus area. Yeah. You're the hotter shit. Hottest commodity. So basically, wore my lucky suit, went in there, knocked their socks off. That suit never fails me. Mind you, has never got me promoted. Although this last promotion, since technically we haven't heard anything, didn't fail on that one. So I'm moving in the right direction. But anyways, so um, joining another workplace, hopefully with less stupidity, less drama. Um, they actually said, well, well, how much do you want to make? And I just told them, you know what? As long as you compensate me what my current place has compensated me, we're good to go. They're like, well, how much are they comp- compensating you? And I'm like, mm. And I thought back to my request for, for a raise back in, uh, in December. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to tell them higher than what I got. And I did, and they said, sure, why not? Great. You let me know when I can begin, and we're good to go. So we're all set. Uh, Again, in the process of applying to law school, I actually have gotten letters of recommendation and transcripts, so we're good to go there as well. So hopefully uh, this will be uh, greener pastures. Unfortunately, it is now back to 8 to 5, and also... uh, we are uh, – the commute to work is longer, but hey, there's always some changes with everything, so you got to look at the bright side. The positive is outweighing the negatives. Um, obviously, you know who – the queen was very distraught at me having to leave – but uh, so was my attorney. And hey, one's got to do what one's got to do. Left everybody, uh, the people that cared, I left them on good terms. Okay? The assholes that I couldn't stand, fuck them. 
the idiots, the Kmots, the stupid managers who would not fix policies. Like, I can't. I can't handle you guys. I can't. If you guys won't change and don't want to fix things and you compartmentalize everything, I don't know if it's because of lawsuits or fear of lawsuits or what the situation is. But I don't understand why they constantly, instead of getting rid of idiots, they just invent new positions to put people in. Like, it's just ridiculous. Like, I and then I found out that, you know, Ohio is actually a right-to-work state. So, unfortunately, you can't, you have to have good reason to fire people. And then I looked it up, I looked it up a little further, and I'm like, hmm, even though all these people that were at my work had good reasons to be let go, not all of them were let go. Some still work there. Some get demoted. And I'm like, why? It's ridiculous. Like, how much dirt do you have on people to just be able to do that? So, this is just, you know, when I have my own firm, when Ferry and Feria gets set up, we're going to move to a state that does not have that kind of nonsense. And the most appealing one happens to be Texas. So, you know what? We'll put our headquarters in Dallas, Texas. Problem solved. If you're being an idiot, I will fire you on the spot. Actually, as long as I have a tickle in my left nut, that could be good enough for me to let you go. I don't have to have a reason. That's the beauty of not being a right-to-work state. But yeah. Anywho, that is all we have for the podcast this week. Hope you enjoyed it. Our guest, Nina, this week. She enjoys it. Nina, it's time to go outside. Uh, We will be on the road in New Mexico. Next week, we'll let you know how that went. As always, we're on... Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, YouTube, whatever have you, all social media, all the episodes on SoundCloud, all the episodes on iTunes, hit us up, let us know how, how, what you think, review the show, please review the show, subscribe, and as always, when there is a Mexican, there is always a way, until next time, fellas, sayonara.